The Great Danes have done it. Thank you, Scandinavia. You've done us a favour. Welcome to the Football Ramble, sponsored by Betway. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of June. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Ah, oh, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. Day 11 at the Euros certainly delivered. Let's start off with Group B because that's where all the drama happened. Going into the day, let's just set things up and remind everyone where things stood. Belgium were top of the group. Russia and Finland were in second and third. And Denmark were actually bottom of the group on zero points. They had yet to get a single point in the Euros from their yeah. first two matches, but it was still all to play for. And they only went and done it, Jim. It's a heartwarming it's tale so good. of how hard it is to not get through to the knockout. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, ever over. Never. No. Yeah. I, I still think, actually, that um, there's a reasonable chance Turkey could still qualify. Yeah. And I, there's a North good Macedonia, chance. even though it's done, I mean, they yeah. might. They yeah. might still. Iceland could still knock England out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. I mean, you know, Jim's already alluded to it, but like, um, you'd have to have a heart of stone not to be pleased for Denmark after what they've been yeah. through. I think, you know, obviously... Russia, yeah, they wanted to want to do it, and they wanted to want to play well and want to qualify. Maybe as well. they didn't. Well, no, we've seen how we've seen <laughs> how much it means to them in, in twenty eighteen and how well they did there, and and you know, but but really, I mean, the whole the whole football community is probably pulling for Denmark for obvious reasons, and it is worth stating that like the, everyone knows what's happened to them, but it's their best player. It's not just. I mean, it yeah. would it would be horrible and difficult and traumatic for everyone involved if it was any any player. Of course, for obvious reasons, he's their best player. Well, he's one of their best ever players. Yeah. Ever, yeah. So, so for them to be able to turn it around and do it in such a way and to channel what's happened to them in such a positive mm. way uh, is a really impressive thing. And and you couldn't help but and like I said, I have no particular beef at all with Russia. And you know, they they qualified well and they deserve to be there. But you. You just you just had the joy of watching Denmark just keep scoring mm. goals, and you just think if any team deserves it, it's them. And it was it was yeah. great to see. It was that, almost, that's how you do it, isn't it? Yeah. Like if, you, if you are going to get through winning one game in your group, mm. win it emphatically, and they've done that. Because there was an amazing moment when Belgium scored, Romelu Lukaku's toe was offside. The Danish fans that was in Copenhagen was yeah well yeah. It, it, same old story. The Danish fans in Copenhagen were celebrating the fact that Belgium had scored. Mm -hmm. Then the goal was ruled out, <laughs> and then Denmark scored. Then, then, then Russia scored a penalty, and it went completely wrong for Denmark. And then they obviously just completely bounced back. It was it was amazing to witness. It was to me, chiefly possibly because England never really win anything. The, I know, I know. There's criticism about the, the 2014 format and 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 the stuff people are saying about third place teams. But for me, the final group games of the tournament can often be the most enjoyable part mm. because the games are played at the same time. You know what's happening. It's got a real feel of a kind of relegation decider in the Premier yeah. League Cup thing about it. And and there's always things happening. We're going to see the same again tonight. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we're going to be on the right side of that, which we'll come on to. But. It was just amazing drama to witness and you can't really replicate it in, any, in my experience in any other kind of entertainment way. So you take your drama where you can, right? But essentially, yeah. you're a messy bitch. Yeah, I is, think so, is yeah. It's what's, is what's yeah. happening here. I'm, I'm extra. Do people still say that, Jules? <laughs> well, extra? Yeah. 
Yeah. Extra, Why are yeah. you asking me? Am I the trendy one of the ramble? No, you're the extra one of the ramble. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was incredible to see it all unfold, as you say, Luke, because both games kicking off at the same time. I had double screens, was watching them all, writing everything down as it happened. And it was just... It was just so exciting and it almost felt like in front of that home crowd in Copenhagen as well for Denmark, once they got that second goal and the third goal, it was just like an eruption of the crowd. They knew that they were through. Mm. They also kind of just kept going, as you say, Jim, to score four goals, beating Russia by four goals to one in their final group stage game. It was amazing. And the goals, by the way, what was the pick of the bunch for you? (sighs) Mm. I reckon Christensen's maybe. Or was it? Or do you think it was Damsgaard? Well, first? it was Dam, Damsgaard. They were both pretty good. Damsgaard was an absolute beauty, mm. right? And then, and then Christensen was like, "Hold my beer," because <laughs> I am absolutely yeah. going to smash the lever off this ball. It the was re- like a breakthrough in a therapy session. Yeah, well, <laughs> the whole game. A bit too close to the for you or for yeah. them? <laughs> both. <Yeah. laughs> it was incredible because obviously uh, Damsgaard goal was amazing. Um, I think Christensen's though, because there was the double save from the keeper in the build-up. Yeah. The keeper must have been buzzing, must have thought, yeah, I've kept this one out, we're still in this sort of... And then Christensen just goes, nah. It had, it had absolutely everything. Yeah, so First good. of all, I've never seen Andreas Christensen hit the ball like that. Mm. And, and it went for a crowd of players. And it, he hit it so hard that even though he was about 30 yards out, the keeper didn't really dive until it was in the back of the net. Mm. It was incredible. But also, um, the game had absolutely everything. Even that Hoybier with a bandage on his head. And is it is it possible to have a proper dramatic tournament game without some player having a bandage no, on the head? It can't be done. No, it just simply cannot be done. What to the point where people would remember people saying like, did Kiefer Moore have that bandage on his head when he came on? It's like no, no. It's just if there is drama, a bandage will ensue. <laughs> yeah, he wears it all the time, Kiefer Moore. He never, yeah. He's he's, he's probably the only he's only the only player internationally injured. Yeah, he spends more time with the bandage on his head than not on his head. <laughs> but it was crazy. It was a crazy game. Great stuff. Great occasion. Um, yeah, really enjoyable. Yeah, in terms of the Belgium game, so they were top of the group, but they um, needed to get at least a draw to go through as group winners. They beat Finland by two goals to nil. And that result, first of all, great for Belgium, but I mean, fine, they were going to win anyway. But what it did mean with Denmark winning and Finland losing, it means that somehow England have qualified very much. for the knockout stages because of the fact that the fourth best third place teams all go through. And because we have four points and Finland only have three, it means that we definitely are through because we're definitely going to be at least one of the best third place teams. It's great work from Southcote, Jim, isn't it? Confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Top draw. Southcote was brilliant last night, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> he was to engineer yeah. that without yeah. even England playing and dealing with all this other stuff that's going yeah. on, you've got to say he's done a brilliant Churchillian. job. Churchillian. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, I am... Um, Oh, just Lukaku just keeps keeps scoring goals. He's so good. I mean, I mean, I think people were talking about how strong he was to hold the defender off. It actually wasn't the strength; it was the movement. Really, there wasn't that much. Um, there wasn't that much sort of holding off being done. He just rolled him, which is a brilliant piece of play. And that coming after he had a goal, you know, ruled out, which he's probably disappointed about. It's incredible. I still think personally that um, you look at that Belgium back line and you think, mm, I'm not sure about that. Creaky. Yeah, because you know. Vermaelen, is he really playing the best football of his of his career at the moment? I've never really been that convinced by Jason Denier. They've got um great name though. It's a great name. Mm, it is a very to, good to, name. defender. It's it's like a, I feel like he's in there and it's a verb. Alone. It's, it's like, a verb. It's like Mark the Man. Yeah, it's Belgium, very much. Belgium have got a history of this. Yeah. Maybe that's the maybe that's the um the, the key to getting really far in a tournament but never actually winning it. <laughs> Having like a lot of nominative determinism in the team. Jason Denier, 
it's a verb. I'll agree, <laughs> but it's not quite top level. And you've got Vertonghen yeah. and all the rest. So I think I think Jules. I said this. I think uh, last week they've played some okay teams in this group. And they've obviously got a lot of attacking talent and they made some changes as well. And it's good for them to see Witzel back who'll do a bit more of a protection job on, on that back three that they play. But I think if a good team comes up against them and, and starts putting them under pressure, I think they might get they might get a bit found out. Do you agree, Jim? I, I potentially agree, but I think <laughs> if you look at the, the if you look at De Bruyne effectively, the way that you know, he he shoots in the way that some people skim stones. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, of his hand. Well, yeah. It's not allowed. Well, it's not it, allowed. But he's magic, isn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he has got the. He's got moments in him. He's got tournament moments, and I think Lukaku as well. He's just so, just so clinical. Mm. I think those two players could could make up for their creaky defence. Mm. I, th- I think I was I was reading earlier. I think it's twenty goals in seven, his last seventeen internationals for Lukaku. And he's got 63 and 96 It's funny, isn't it? I, th- I think because he's one of those players where he's so efficient, people write him off as being a bit boring. He, like, I think Harry Kane has this as well. It's like, oh, so he scores all the time. Just so used yeah. to it. Yeah, it's yeah. boring, isn't it? No. Well, I, I wish Kane would score. But I, I don't think we've <laughs> seen tournament. anywhere near the best of Belgium yet. No. I, I, like, no, but I, I'm not sure we have because they've not really been tested. But, yeah. but paradoxically, I think when they are tested... That word? Paradoxically. Paradoxically. We need to buy Jules a, a dictionary, Jim. <laughs> she do. won't read it. No. <laughs> it's, it's, to be fair, it would be boring, wouldn't it? To read words, yeah. Have you been reading the dictionary? No, because no one does that. It's yeah. a reference book, specifically. <laughs> um, but I think, paradoxically, they will come under pressure, and I don't know whether they can stand up to it. So I wonder whether... You know, maybe you're right, maybe it will bring the best out of them, but I'm not so sure. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Can obviously. we make them play Italy in like a friendly... In between. Like Italy have been, Just for a laugh. Italy yeah. have been playing friendlies, haven't they? In, in the mean, in the meantime, they played a friendly against the Cremonese, the Cremonese youth team, I think, last week. What? Seriously? Yeah, in the middle of the tournament. What, the actual Fuck first off. team? They have, they the, have, the, the squad. First team. I don't know the first 11 they picked, but the squad has been. Yeah, so that's, that's part of the reason why they're so well drilled, I Odd. think. Well, yeah. that's insane. Obviously works. Blimey. Um, right, let's get on to the other group from yesterday. Group B, it was so entertaining. Group C also had a bit of entertainment in it as well. Netherlands were already through as a group winners. They beat North Macedonia by three goals to nil. We'll come on to that in a minute. But the story really from this group was the Ukraine-Austria game where it was all to play for between both of them. Basically, the winner would get through and Austria managed to do it. They've qualified yeah. for the group stages of the Euros. Uh, sorry, for the knockout stages of the Euros for the first time in their history. And the celebrations were immense. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and Baumgartner. What That's a, a what name. A, what a surname. It's delivering, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Getting you, getting you through to the groups of the Euros. Oh, sorry, the knockouts of the Euros. Jumping out of space. Beautiful. I don't think it's the same guy. Well, it's the same name, though, isn't it? It's the same. That's name, what I'm yeah. saying. It's just, it's delivering. If you had a th- if you had a th- third Baumgartner did something impressive, that'd be a brilliant top three. But that's what it takes for you. Yeah, I think so. I well, think you need three high you, standards. Yeah, but I think you're forgetting that, that Austria also have a player called Baumgartlinger, which is like an extended Pokemon like evolution of Baumgartner, <laughs> and he's also the captain of the squad. So I mean, you know, yeah, lingering in the stratosphere. I think perhaps. I think Baumgartner might go under the radar a little bit. <laughs> but they've got some good players, Austria, haven't they? I I I kind of. I was saying earlier, I not to give too many spoilers away, but I almost chose them as my dark horses. But I didn't because I've had my fingers burnt by them before. It doesn't count if you almost pick something in a prediction, Luke. I think we might be getting <laughs> to the stage where I'll just take anything I can <laughs> when it comes to the predictions. But they've got some good players, right? They've got, um, I really rate, um, as I've said on the show a few times before, I really rate um, Sabitzer, um, 
Schlager had a good game last night. Um, Baumgartner obviously got a goal. And he, and he studded it in, mm. which you don't see much of. You'd think you'd see a lot more goals of players studding the ball in, but it didn't happen. It did happen last night, but it doesn't happen very yeah. often. It's like toe punts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed with Ukraine because mm. they've got some mm. good players and they've they've shown in moments that they are capable. And this was effectively, as you said, Jules, like a shootout, really. Yeah. And Austria flattered to deceive in the past. So I was a little bit disappointed with them. Um, not as disappointed as Shevchenko looked, by the way, which is like a 50% <laughs> upset and 50% absolute anger. Like I wouldn't want to be on the wrong end of that because mm. um, of what he's achieved and how, how tough he seems to be. But uh, Ukraine, I think, at the time of recording are the third best third place team. So they still might go through, but I, I can't, to be honest, even though this is my job, it's, I can't work out the permutation. <laughs> this is difficult. Well, it's, it's like the, it's like the X factor pause, isn't it? But for like a week. It is a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to go through the judges' houses? Who's going to go through the Shevchenko's houses? It's like, um, They're all thinking, hopefully none of us. Do you remember when you had the seats? So you'd be like, you get a chair. So now currently Ukraine have one of the chairs, but, yeah. but by tonight it but, might be snatched yeah. away. And someone else might that was a just weird. as they go to sit down. Yeah, literally. And we've all had that happen. It's embarrassing. <laughs> that was a weird phase of the X Factor, wasn't it? it the, the thing I checked is, out of watching it by then, but I do vaguely remember they would give them a chair. Yeah. And then they would take the chairs away. Is yeah, that what no, happened? No, so, so basically, when they first started the chair thing on the X Factor, it was really good because they genuinely, the judges didn't give them a chair unless they were definitely going to get a chair. Right, right. And then it started to get ridiculous where everyone got a fucking chair. Right. So it was like... There'd been six people. There's six people that go through. Well, they run out of chairs. The first six all go through. So then everyone's got a chair. And then the next person comes out. Ah, you get a chair as well, but who for? And then they swap with someone. And it just got ridiculous because everyone got a chair and then everyone was just swapping. And there was a lot of seat swapping. Can I just check, Jim? Do you know what's happening there? Something about chairs. (laughs) (laughs) You are. Yeah, I did, but I didn't know it was going to be so complicated. There you go. So at the moment, at the time of recording... Ukraine have a chair. Switzerland, Portugal, Ukraine and Finland have a chair. But they've played... uh, With the exception of Portugal, they've all played three games. So there's still a lot to be decided. And of course, the reason that makes it even more complicated is the fifth and sixth third place teams are Spain and Croatia. Mm. But they've still got to play a game. So if they win, then other teams come into the third place. It's crazy. It's likely that they will get a chair. And this is where it all gets confusing. But yeah... As you say, at the moment, Ukraine have to keep their fingers crossed. In terms of North Macedonia and Netherlands, Netherlands are through as group winners. They beat North Macedonia 3-0. We'll come on to the Netherlands in a minute because I feel like North Macedonia... Just need a bit of time on the ramble. Yeah. A bit of love. Because, oh, how good have they been? It was their first major tournament. Goran Pandev has just been such an exciting, fun player to watch. One of my favourite players to watch in the group in the group stages of the Euros. And also for the last thousand years. Yeah, well. I know, I know. But, the, but because I think we knew this was his last time playing for North Macedonia and and yesterday the the kind of tributes that everyone paid to him Netherlands got him a shirt with his name on the back at the start and when he was you think that's patronizing a little bit a little bit patronizing isn't it but oh, so, well done. No, well so, done. no but wait. They <laughs> beat him 3 0. Yeah, in, no, in a tournament, that's quite funny. They gave him the, yeah, like, the shirt before friendly, the game. I know, but I'm saying they went and whopped him 3 <laughs> yeah. 0. Like, it's like saying, we're delighted you're playing today. Yeah. Because you're old. All right. Let's <laughs> we're so happy to be here. And they're Dutch. We're going to make this a testimonial. <laughs> and they're Dutch. They definitely yeah. meant it. That's, yeah. that's a reminder. <laughs> Luke Moore does does not want a leaving gift when he eventually leaves Football Ramble. I don't think there's much chance of that happening anyway. I don't think that'll be my decision, Jules. Let's be absolutely fair about that. No, um, I mean, I'm, being, I'm being facetious. It was, oh it was no, not. It, it was, was lovely. Not. And then the little guard of honour as well when he got substituted off as well. It was nice, wasn't it? I, I thought... tears there, quite emotional. Isn't it fascinating because you've got 
people, who, the teams who come to this tournament, I don't mean this in a condescending way at all, but teams come to this tournament with different ambitions, right? And North Macedonia is a massive achievement mm. for them to be there for mm. obvious reasons. We've had the same in the past with Iceland qualifying for the first time. Finland have qualified for the first time. England God. in 2012. <laughs> yeah, getting back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you've got to give um, you've got to give Finland a mention because the first time they qualified, yeah. they've had a difficult situation to, to, to navigate as well because of what happened with them against Denmark. So everyone's got different ambitions. The fact that North Macedonia are there and that Goran Pandev is able to play for his country that's only been a country since 1991 and I think only really been renamed much more recently than that is an amazing thing their ambitions aren't the same as Netherlands so that's fair enough it's disappointing that um, he, he wasn't able to score a goal in his last game but he did get his goal earlier in the tournament which is yeah. cool um, lovely offside one as well Lo- yes, this might have been the, they've had a lot of offsides but the quality of the, mm. the ruled out goals has been very high it very, always very seems high, high. Isn't it? <laughs> it's always like like the uh, like the woman that you didn't quite have Jim that's what it is it's you know the heart the heart grow the absence of the goal makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> for the goal that didn't happen what, so, what's, the, what's the main one for you it's the Mbappe one for me oh that was so that good was, like, that would have been one of the goals of the tournament but with, without you saying that they're instantly forgotten those goals yeah it's like goals who are scored is that what it's like for you with women as well <laughs> instantly forgotten yeah, I think so yeah you have to ask them <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the um, the goal that scored maybe in a 5-1 defeat is always forgotten no matter yeah. how good it is as well so you're right to say that look I'm pleased for Pandev and I'm pleased for North Macedonia as well Mm. I've I've seen someone describe Alioski as a mad puppy. Yeah, and I, it's all I can think about when I see him now. Yeah, I can see what you mean, and and I wonder if um if Van Alden's just really enjoying being the main man, main creative guy in there, just 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 because for Liverpool, I think a lot of people have said he has to play quite a selfless role there. Mm. But for Netherlands, he seems to be, even though they've got good players around him. Like so Depay selfless that he's left. Yeah, I've had enough of it. I've done my bit. Yeah. Now you're either going to put me, you're going to put me in every <laughs> single team, or I'm going to leave. And he's decided to leave. Fair it was enough. still, it was still, you know, weighing with assists and stuff. Just yeah, from another team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the deal he did. Unseen. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for free, but I'll give you a few assists, but yeah. I'll need to go. Uh, you know, you were saying about the North Macedonia um, offside goals that were scored. The thing about those goals is that the reason they were there, the reason why they were created in the first place is because North Macedonia have genuinely given the Euros a real go. Like They have yeah. been so entertaining to watch and they've not gone into games and just assumed they're not going to win them because they're up against better opposition. They've actually gone into every game hoping for something and actually really making it entertaining. So I've thoroughly enjoyed watching them. Um, in terms of the Netherlands now, as you mentioned, Wijnaldum, obviously he's he's been excellent for the Netherlands in the tournament so far. He's now overtaken Marco van Basten in terms of goals scored mm. for the country. Like, I find that amazing. Yeah. 25 goals. So van Basten only scored 24. Yeah, that, I mean, he retired you'd assume at, that was there it would be way more than that. Yeah. He retired at a very young age. Yeah. And um, he only played 58 internationals for, for Netherlands. Which is still an amazing goal yeah. tally for 58 I games. Mean, 24 he, goals. He's not a better player than Marco van Basten. <laughs> Not to take anything away no. from him, but if we're going to put that kind of fact in the running order, I'm going to say he's not a better player than Barker Van Basten. Mm. But it's an amazing achievement. And, it is. And you know, you, it's a similar thing with old uh, Olivier Giroud, isn't it? The amount of goals he scored for France. It's, mm. it's incredible achievement to do so. They do play a lot more internationals now and they do play against teams that aren't quite as good, perhaps. That's maybe a debate for another time. But ultimately, he's, he's been great so far. And um, Netherlands are person. They're basically taking the fact that I took the piss out of Frank de Boer personally <laughs> and using it to rub my face into every single chance they get. I think you're going to come good on that. You reckon? The moment that I, I, tough team. But I arguably already haven't though, have I? Because I went so big on it 
that only them getting knocked out in the group phase would have justified it. No, I have faith in Mostradamus. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, mate. We'll they, sp- listen, mate, we'll spin it whatever happens. Don't worry about it. As you said, they don't, haven't really been truly tested yet, have they, Jim, would you say? No, not at all. Mm. And I think the moment they come up against a team that can run yeah. <laughs> effectively, <laughs> they'll be a bit fucked. They, they lost control then, of the game in a big way against Ukraine for large yeah, parts. Like exactly. they, they let them back And in as we've time. seen from Ukraine, Ukraine aren't that good. And the Dutch made them look good. Mm. I think the, the the moment they come up against, you know, a, a more kind of traditionally, a traditional powerhouse, they'll yeah. they'll be found out. Would you count England as a traditional powerhouse? No. No, fair enough. Not Jules, at all. Back to you. <laughs> Just done there. Uh, speaking of England, we're going to start previewing all the matches to come a little bit later after the break. See you in a mo. I read something, uh, some some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank de Boer, uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals, where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have a, a coach like me. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose because he lost every game. <laughs> it's just Imagine. it's just amazing every time. Um, welcome back to the Football Ramble, sponsored by Betway. It's George, Jim and Luke here with you this Tuesday. Yeah, now it's time for Betway's four to score. It's nice to know that Mourinho's always got my back. Yeah. Yeah, so I can <laughs> drop that little jingle in there and it all seems okay. Um, I think that Frank the Ball might care a little bit more about what Mourinho says than he does about what I th- say, so it's fair yeah. enough. Um, but yeah. you think the same thing, so we, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Would you say Mourinho's got a little bit more credentials? I think you've probably got a few more credentials, I'd say, yeah. Um, it's time for Betway's Force to score. Across the Euros this summer, there are, there's £250,000 up for grabs across five rounds of Force to score. And don't forget, it's completely free to play. Just pick the first goal scorer in each of Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win £50,000 each round. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Okay, it's round three. And first up... It's Slovakia v Spain on t- what's tomorrow night, Wednesday night, or Wednesday tea time. Uh, Jules, who have you gone for? Okay, although there are several reasons why I shouldn't pick this player, Luis Enrique doesn't think so. And so, therefore, I am going to go for Alvaro Morata. I feel bad for Alvaro Morata because he appears to have some kind of existential crisis every time he gets a chance, mm. <laughs> which he vaguely he will, ev- never scores. He will, he will definitely score first, whether it's on side or not will be the question. There was an amazing thing he got away with in a Spain game. Um, I forget who they're playing against now, but Spain got a penalty and it was missed and it came out to him and he oh, absolutely yeah. Moreno missed the penalty, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And, and, and Marat had an open goal and it went miles wide. <laughs> well, he just sort of threw his body at it. Yeah, no, no like, I've got to touch this. No one said I don't know what with. I've forgotten. No one said anything because the penalty was missed and that was the big narrative. Yeah. But Also, was, Three games into the tournament, one coming up. I forgot who they were playing. That is, <laughs> that is Spain all over, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's so true. I was saying that they um that, that game against Sweden was like a 2010 tribute act. Yeah, it was like going to the pub at the bottom of the Awful. road because because quote unquote Spain are going to be there. Mm. Um, anyway, game number two, Sweden v Poland, also Wednesday tea time. Jim, who have you gone for? I've gone for Alexander Isak because he's been very good. Sweden have been very drab, but I think he's going to have a moment, and I think it will be now. I think he deserves a moment, doesn't he? Yeah. I think Absolutely. I think he does. Good. Uh, good pick. Game number three, Germany v Hungary, uh, Wednesday, 8pm. Big game, this one. And we've got Marcus on the selection. 
Greetings, mates. I've been asked to predict the first goal scorer for Germany versus Hungary, and I'm going to pick Serge Gnabry, Tony Pulis's former friend. We'll get the first goal and set Germany on their way to the second round. Say what you like about Speller, but you can follow a brief. 12 seconds, that one. If you listen, Andy Brassel, take note. Game number four. Port- Jules, I know you don't normally do Friday nights, but Friday show, but sometimes Andy's four to scores on the pre-rec are like a minute. Are they really? Yeah. It goes into a whole lot of detail about players. Well, that's Andy Brassel for you. It's true. Um, game number four is Portugal v France, Wednesday night. I've gone for Cristiano Ronaldo for no other reason than the fact that I can just picture him dominating the occasion because it's what he's all about. Mm. So in summary, our four picks for this week's four to score, or this round's four to score, I should say, Alvaro Morata, Alexander Isak, Serge Gnabry, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Make sure if you play along, your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, head to begambleaware.org. Lovely stuff, right? It's now time for this. Love that. Sounds like the sort of thing I would Shazam in Top Man. Um, (laughs) Top Man Man doesn't exist, mate. mate. Well, yeah, Yeah. would have Shazammed in Top Man. Where are you going to get all your clothes from? Uh, Or you don't go shopping anymore, do you? No, I've not bought any clothes this year. Top Man are still available via the ASOS website, I believe. True, that is true. Still got options if you need them. Andy Smart's been in touch. Yeah. And he says, instead of teams trying to fix who they play in the next round by finishing first or second, why not let them choose? (laughs) Six root winners pick any second slash third place qualifier. Best team gets first pick. Best two remaining second place teams pick next. I sort of agree with that. Well, Jules, you were saying earlier that why preordain it? So why yeah, not just get, get the teams through, yeah. seed them, and then do a draw like they do in the Champions yeah. League or whatever? Well, it seems... I just don't understand what the point of knowing the draw before the tournament yeah. starts because then you get this weird situation like England are in now where we're like, oh, do we want to finish first, second yeah. or third? Like, Because we know we're through. Like it's our own choice. Fuck us in some way. You know, like, it, why not do it like the Champions League? Just pick the groups and then... After the group stages are done, do a fancy little draw. Yeah, but is it worth pointing out, Jules, at this point that in 2016, England would have picked Iceland? Mm. <laughs> That's true. Well, but that would be on us, though, wouldn't it? Who it was would... on us anyway, Jim. Well, exactly. <laughs> if we could yeah. pick now, who would you pick? Who would you want to play? Oh, this, I, I, this, this won't end badly. <laughs> I can't see how this... I mean, people accuse us of being arrogant. Scotland again. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I would probably, if, it, if, if England were to win their group and they got to choose, I mean, I quite like the look of that Switzerland or Ukraine um, slot. Oh, I don't think I'd fancy Switzerland. No. I think Switzerland could be massively got at. Do you reckon? I think this, yeah, I think. You've not seen Shakiri's calves? <laughs> yeah, but Shakiri, Shakiri's great for a goal, isn't he? Great it, for a goal. Great for a group stage goal. Does absolutely nothing else. <laughs> That's part of the reason they got hammered by Italy, because they were completely overrunning. He's, he's a runaround, isn't he? It's like a little runaround Volvo. There we go. Oh. Who would you pick if you could choose? Genuinely Scotland again, because I feel we need to undo that. Um, you, you, literally anyone that's never won a tournament before. <laughs> Genuinely England will do all right against them. And then all I want from any tournament is for England to trick me into thinking we can win something. I wouldn't mind us playing Spain, because that will be so boring and it won't be England's fault. <laughs> no, but we will also lose. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know. Because England, no matter how good they are, they'll go... 
or Spain. I yeah, mean, I remember seeing them. Yeah. They're, they're good. Iniesta. Yeah. <laughs> Raul Franco was dominant. <laughs> There we go. Anyway, showfootballramble.com is your, is your email address for those. Yes, get your emails into us. We love hearing from you guys. Let's crack on with tonight's games then. It's on to Group D, England, Czech Republic and Scotland versus Croatia. Uh, we have to talk about the news that broke yesterday. Billy Gilmore testing positive for COVID-19 and the fact that he therefore won't be available for Scotland. A big loss for them because he was man of the match against England. But also what this means is that what we're hearing is that Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell have had to isolate because they were regarded as close contacts with Billy Gilmore. Now, there's obviously a very serious side to this story. And Gareth Southgate had to face the media about it yesterday. And he didn't seem too happy. And we don't often see Gareth Southgate like that because he has a very good way of dealing Mm. with the press in these difficult situations. But clearly, he seemed a bit annoyed because he sort of made the comment of, well, you know, why are my two players having to isolate? And yet, the Scotland camp who clearly share a dressing room with him. And, you know, there have been other pictures leaked of maybe say Andy Robertson in close contact with Billy Gilmore and yet he's not had to isolate. So it's all a little bit confusing and you can understand Gareth Southgate's frustration, but also how difficult it will be for him to have to deal with this situation, Jim. Yeah, it's um, it, it's weird, isn't it? It's just the whole thing's a bit strange. Um, now he might have to play Jack Grealish as well, which he, which he hates. <laughs> That's probably what he's annoyed about. <laughs> you think that he's, he's he's genuinely annoyed because now he's going to have to pick some players that other people want him to play? Yes, ex- I, exactly. I, I, it's a very confusing situation, but I think it also speaks to how many compromises have had to be made for this tournament to go ahead, right? Mm. And it is completely baffling to any right-minded person to think about the idea that Gilmore has spent more time in close contact with Mount and Chilwell than he has his own Scotland teammates. They haven't released an awful lot of detail about it. I'm sure there'll be some news that will break just as soon as we come out of the studio because Southgate himself said it's coming, it's being updated on like an hourly basis. But what we should probably just spend our time talking about what we do know. And what we do know is that um, Billy Gilmore's tournament is now over unless Scotland gets to the quarterfinal and they haven't got a um, a direct replacement for him, partly because he's so good and partly because of the type of player he is. So they're, you know what they're going to do, maybe bring... Um, McTominay into midfield and it's just terrible timing for the Scots you know if you're being particularly cruel you'd go oh typical bad luck Scotland are never going to get out of a group in a major tournament because it's the last thing they wanted to happen before a huge game against Croatia if, if, if you said to any Scotland fan what player would you not want to miss out on for this game it would be Billy Gilmore right so having said that they didn't start him in the first game they didn't but it, I mean, it's unthinkable they wouldn't have started yeah. him and actually Steve Clark even said they were going to start him mm. so it, what Steve Clark said which I thought was a really good way of approaching it was there's another chance now for someone else to be a national hero here mm. and, and do something we've never done before. And, and I personally really hope they can do it, but it's a massive blow for them. In terms of the Scotland squad, though, where they do have a lot of players is in the midfield positions and, as we know, at left-back. Um, but that's where they tend to have a lot of their options, whereas if it was a forward player, if it was one of their attackers that got injured, that would probably be more damaging to them. So there are options there. But, of course, it's going to be a huge loss. He was so the, good against England. Yeah, there are. But I, I think they're, they're generally kind of robust defensive options, aren't they? Whereas Billy Gilmore gives you a bit of... There's no one else like him in there, is the there? Exactly. There's no yeah. one else like him in there. That's the problem. And they're not they're not short of industry. They're not short of quality in other areas of the pitch. Dykes and Adams will cause other teams problems if they continue in this tournament after the game tonight. But it's just a massive blow. I mean, and, and, and it's not as big a blow for England, chiefly because even if Chilwell and Mount can't play tonight, which again, time of recording, we don't know, um, they can play Shaw. 
and they've got other options in there. And mm. it's not the end of the world if Mount rests. Even though he's been really good, he has a rest. That's not the end of the world, provided it never gets. Uh, it doesn't get um, more more kind of extended, yeah. extensively spread out throughout the squad. From it's, what I read, though, Luke, is that um, all of the England players did test negative. So I think it's just a precaution that Mount yeah. and Chilwell were isolating. That's what I heard as well. And also, Ben Chilwell hasn't hasn't played yet for England in this tournament, so it's probably unlikely he was going to start this game. We're not really sure, but. I think it's more Mount that's the big loss if he's unable uh, to play for England later. Yeah. But then at the same time, there are plenty of options and players who Southgate can pick that can play in that position. Do we go for just one holding midfielder, do you think, Jim? Or do you I, think we should go a bit more attacking? I hope so, but I don't really have the faith that Southgate will do that. I want to see England play. I, I saw a tweet that summed it up so perfectly with the Scotland game, which was when... Jack Grealish came on for Phil Foden. It was like Grealish on for Foden because there can only be one fun player on the on yeah, once. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does feel a bit like that from from a fan's perspective, doesn't it? But obviously, from Gareth Southgate's perspective, he has to be as as risk averse as possible. But I I feel like you know with four points, you know England have gone through because of the mad perm- permutations Thanks. anyway <laughs> of this tournament. So like. Let's like, can we just enjoy this one? Can yeah. this one just be fun? Yeah, I would like to see Foden, Mount, Grealish, Gaza, <laughs> Charlton. But I think I think the key point here that maybe Southgate's thinking about, which we haven't mentioned, is that um, if England win the group, they get to play at Wembley, right? Which I think Southgate thinks is a massive mm. deal. And a lot of the talk after the Scotland game was, look, we're one point close to qualifying up the group. It's a tournament. We have to get out of the group. Mm. It's not. It's not about for them. Clearly, it's not about blowing teams away and playing this amazing football and potentially leaving yourself open. For them, it's a very real, practical, day-to-day challenge to deliver on your job. For us, it's easy for us yeah. to say, let's do this, let's do that, it's going to be great. And, and in many ways, that's the role of a fan, right? You want to be excited, yeah. you want to be positive. They need to do what they can to get themselves in the best position. I would argue that they probably need to pick up a bit of momentum after what happened against Scotland. So I, I wonder whether that will win the day and maybe they do play a few more exciting te- uh, players. Maybe they do play Sancho. Maybe he does bring Henderson in. Mm. Maybe he does play Grealish from the start. All these well, things are possible. England, what's absolutely clear though, is that if England want to have an impression, make an impression on this tournament, they need to beat the Czech Republic and beat them well because yes. any combination Agreed. of players should be able to do that. Well, well, that's the key, isn't it? From a fan's perspective, you want to... It's beating them well. And I think Jadon Sancho could be it's key to that as well. It? Absolutely, yeah. because you want, to, you want to get involved and you want to feel... You just want to feel... Again, as we've, we've touched on so many times, you, f- you want them to trick you into thinking they can actually win it. But on on, on Friday... The fact after that it the has game, to be a trick. Yeah. That was everything you <laughs> yeah. need to know about you know, being an England yeah. fan. But like, on Friday... <laughs> The the performance was was very drab and the result was underwhelming. But it it felt like a pre, it felt like a spoiler, didn't it? It felt mm. like a spoiler of England going out of the tournament mm. because you you feel like ah, there's no way this team We've is going to win. Our locker. Yeah, there is yeah, yeah. no chance at all that this team is going to go on and win the Euros, and we want them to make us think they're going to do that. <laughs> but you know. England play the Czech Republic tonight. What if they win four 0 yeah. What if they play Sancho? It's the what, what if, if they play a hope. back? Yeah. They play a He'll back jump. one of Bakaya Saka well, and just go for it. But Patrick Schick will definitely score, so it's not going to be nil. Well, quite. Um, I also wanted to say about the whole Wembley thing is that 
just just so typical England that we we starting to make we're trying England fans well a section of England fans are trying to make this a narrative and turn it into a negative right so England draw against Scotland there's boos at the end of the game mm-hmm. you know, France drew against Hungary the French fans didn't boo now, I didn't hear any booing France did it the whole taking the knee thing that's become a bit of a thing so maybe it is better for England to be away from Wembley for their second round game to get away from it a bit and to play their football but ultimately I think Czech Republic are a bit underrated I think that Having said that, though, England, any combination of England 11 from that squad should be able to beat the Czech Republic. And I would also add that sometimes it's better to think of what players did the Czech Republic not want to be up against. Well, they don't want to be up against Sancho, for sure. They don't want to be up against Grealish. And they don't want to be up against Kane, even though he's been a little bit underwhelming. And so that's worth thinking about as well. And mm. the final thing I'd say is that Harry Maguire, if he does come in, just talk, he might come in. If he does, he needs to be at his very best. Mm. And he needs to be fully fit because Patrick Schick is the four, one of the form strikers in this tournament yeah. and he will punish England if he's not. The sort of player that will give you trouble. What 100%. do you think, Jules? Well, I think that the, the German press think, God, England must be really bloody good if they've not played Jadon Sancho yet. Like, it's... It's insane, really, isn't it? Like, they are just baffled at the fact that this player who has been a star in the Bundesliga this season mm. isn't even getting any minutes. Like, do you think crazy? Actually, because England have already qualified, Southgate gets a bit of a free hit on that, doesn't he? He can, he can, you know, in, in, in quotes, rest players. In the, in the way that Italy did. I don't think and, he and will, play, though. Play, I still play think... Grealish and Sancho either side mm. of Dominic I mean, Calvert-Lewin if he does. Want, like... Yeah, I hope he does, the, but I don't the, think the, he will. The Sancho thing is quite interesting, I think, for a couple of reasons. One is that if he had turned out 17 goals and 14 assists for a Premier League team, yeah. he'd probably be starting the 100%. game. 100%. Yeah. Right? But secondly, in the warm-up for the tournament, he wasn't that great. So it's not, I mean, it's not a complete no-brainer, and there are other talented players, and I think mm. there's players in that position... If he plays a free behind Kane tonight, which I guess he could, there are different types of attacking player that do different types of things for, depending yeah. on the challenge. So it may just be horses for courses as well. I'm yeah, not suggesting... well, it, that's exactly right, isn't it? I think yeah. as as fans and observers, we forget context mm. sometimes, which is that playing for Borussia Dortmund and playing for England are not the same. Yeah, mm. I'm not suggesting though that I think Sancho should have started both of England's games so far, and I'm I'm not necessarily suggesting that he should definitely start tonight but I think he should have at least got some minutes by now Mm. you look at the Italy squad I mean it is a bit bonkers that they've used 25 of their 26 but they've played a game more after knowing they qualified they have but still like we're nowhere near that if you know what I mean anyways uh, going to be exciting Uh, looking forward to it always good when England are on I always get very excited uh, and nervous at the same time and uh, if you're enjoying our Euros coverage then you can get even more from us a lot on patreon.com forward slash football ramble we've got a live stream this Thursday for our patrons rounding up the group stages so make sure you get involved with that Jim Luke you're both back tomorrow and yep. after the show after uh, the last England game I just wanted to give Marcus a big hug oh, so no. make mm. sure you guys look after him tomorrow I mean hopefully we'll win and he'll be in a very good mood and he'll be shouting easy yeah hopefully but we've, at least we know we're through yeah, yeah. at least like, it's very hard to I mean it's, we're very privileged to be in this position it's a great job that we enjoy but it is awful kind of coming in when England have been knocked out of the tournament <laughs> it's, got, yeah. it's, it's quite cathartic but at least we now know that whatever happens England yeah. aren't going to be out tomorrow because that would be underwhelming yeah. not least of all for our fucking download numbers so thanks very much to England for that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Lovely stuff. (laughs) Boys, good to see you as always. Thank you to you guys for listening to the Football Ramble, sponsored by Betway. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.